Welcome to The Spill Podcast. We know you're obsessed with creating your own success in your own way, and you know you've got more. More to earn, more to experience, more to create, and more to give. And you're right. You just need to know some of the pieces and the moves to make. The conversations are real, honest, funny, and hopefully valuable. Away from the filters, the reels, and having to have the perfect script. We believe in opening the door for the next woman, helping guide you with conversations and exceptional guest speakers, spilling truths, tools, and guidance to help you expand your own expression of success. And knowing that when you do, that's when the good stuff the world needs more of happens. Laughs and explicit language are almost always guaranteed. Let's spill. Hey everyone, welcome to another episode and these ones are my favourite episodes because I actually have someone to speak to when I bring on a guest speaker Um, and Kelly you probably know what I'm talking about because I know you're a podcast host of Bold and when you're just speaking to yourself, I mean there's no one there to laugh at your jokes, (laughs) no one there to interact with and it is, it's just like a different vibe so I love having guest speakers on and, and learning from women like you and ladies I have Kelly Rose Lamb in front of me and Kelly as I said is the host of a podcast called Bold so please go and check that out she is passionate about hearing diverse stories of women who find their way in and persist despite the many challenges they face and she is challenging the idea that women have to follow the scripts they're given which I love Uh, she's equipped with a master's of public policy and a master's of theology and Kelly solves problems and asks hard questions she has built companies, teams, and projects, and also nonprofits. She is loud about the need for excellent leadership, strategy, communication, and decision making. And today she works for a startup in land regeneration. And she is leading a nonprofit that is dedicated to spontaneous connection and coaches women through the critical decisions they need to make. Oh, okay, that's juicy. How are you, Kelly? I'm doing well. It's so good to be here. I'm I'm pumped about this conversation. Oh, me too. We've been, ladies, just to give you a heads up, we've been aiming to have this conversation for about three months now. <laughs> and it's been, you know what, I've been, it, it, the fault is on my end. If we're, if we're going to push it anywhere, it's my end. So what happens when you, you, you jump time zones and countries and um, 3 a.m., I'm just not my sharpest self. But <laughs> we're here we're now. now. We, we're here now. So here we are. What I'm going to do, I want to kick off some rapid fire just so the ladies can get to know you a little bit better from a different perspective. So random questions. First thing that comes to your head. Ready? Can't wait. Awesome. Describe yourself in three words. Okay. Wow. This like almost an interview as in applying for a job. Um, <laughs> I would say gregarious, driven, and I got a pensive today oh my god yeah you're like I'm feeling that yep that's the one (laughs) yeah it's like something in there is yeah anyways I can't go beyond three words so those are my three words for today love it brilliant what's the best compliment you've been given so far I would say when people compliment my ability to communicate, honestly, it just makes me feel like I'm like okay the the stars have aligned I'm I'm rocking it um, so yeah. anything along, along those lines for sure. Yeah, I think that's your gift. And that's why, ladies, you need to go listen to um to Kelly's podcast. It is you have a beautiful gift to clearly and effectively with conviction communicate. I feel it. Thank you. That's super cool. Means a lot. What's the best advice you've been given? I would say most recently I've been given the advice to take up more space. Um and I I usually tell other people that, but the advice got directed at me and it was just this like, I do, like I need to be louder about what I need and who I am and like kind of press, I because I can focus a lot on other people's um, needs and, and desires and like be very outward focused. And it was this very honest kind of, you need to do the same thing you tell other people to do. Um, and it struck a chord and something in me changed. So it was like that, you know, when that advice is so good. So great question. Who gave you who gave you that advice? Actually, my boyfriend. Um who <sighs> so yeah, one of the closest people to you. Closest mm-hmm. people to me who basically recognize, you know what, you you do a lot of serving and caring. And 
and basically like you can you can exist as loud as you demand other people are so it's that accountability piece I think it's so honest yeah I think we're going to dive a bit more into that and, and it's funny right it's sometimes the things that we are sharing are the things that we need a, a mirror back to us it's like oh yes I also need to show up and do that or give myself that or receive that or yeah exactly always a biggest teacher yeah it's very very true okay last question if life is a game what is the number one rule I'm gonna go with honesty just straight up be honest and honest with yourself honest with the world around you um, I think it is it is a game changer, that honesty, because I think we're often lying to ourselves. Um, so in order to win, you actually need to be honest. Oh, and you know what? Just as you said that, I'm like, it's the most damaging person that we can lie to. Absolutely. And I think we do it often. Um, and obviously, without I think without knowing it a lot of the time. And why do you think we do it often? I think it's easy to to essentially want to believe kind of a better narrative um I think it's like a lot of victim mentality comes from the desire to to lie to yourself I think it's easier to to like kind of put ownership over there and say like oh this is my this is my story and kind of create create a narrative that really isn't there I think it actually like provides an out from taking responsibility and ownership for your life um, and so I, and then I think you can make decisions out of that place that then insist that you keep lying um, in order to stay comfortable. That's like maybe a harsh take and I hope people are okay with that, but it's no, like, I'm, I'm sitting here going, keep going. Yeah. Yeah. It's well, true. And you know, this is why you have the gift of communication and also perspective. <laughs> like there's something in that. And, and as you were as you were sharing those words, it was, I, I received it really clearly mm. and it's so true. It's because sometimes we think it's more comfortable to stay in that lie. It gives us that out. Like you said, like it's a cop out, even though in the long run, it's not comfortable at all. It's actually not even comfortable now, but at least we know it. Definitely. We know this part. Yeah. And Mm. and then I would say the, the like interesting thing where I feel like a lot of us are relationally is very few people are going to break that cycle. Very few people are actually going to say, Hey, like I'm not joining you in this lie to yourself. Um, I think that's like the role of coaches and mentors and and counselors to actually kind of like break that cycle. But I think in m- not necessarily people aren't aren't moving there kind of in droves. I think we're like staying pretty pretty isolated in our own lives. It's nearly like you have to pay for something if you don't want people pleasing. Yeah, you you do. And and I would say like the most the easiest example is like at the gym. And I like I love the environment. I do group fitness. Um, but it's like that you're lying to yourself, like, oh, I'm tired today, or I can't lift heavier, or, you know, oh, it's a Wednesday. And, <laughs> and then a coach comes along is like, you can lift heavier. And they're the one that's breaking that cycle in your brain of like, oh, I can't, I can't lift heavier. And then they like, basically, you're like, oh, yeah, I can. Um, and you're like, okay, I'm, you know, I've gone from three pounds to 15. And, and somebody has like, kind of been outside of you saying like, you, you can work harder. Um, but for 45 minutes, you don't believe it yourself. So, and I think that's happening in a whole bunch of life contexts, obviously not just the gym. No, but it's such an easy way for all of us to understand, isn't it? Yeah. We, we've all been there. And, you know, I, I think that's the example of our words hold so much power and they Very hold so much power as to what's going to be our reality. Exactly. And yeah. Um, I want to talk to you. I I love how you're you're really big on going, hey, there's been scripts that have been handed to women. I, what are your words? You say something about the script that women have yeah. been handed. Yeah, basically trying to say that there are more than just one script. Yeah. Um, depending on where you've grown up or the type of culture you, you got brought up in, basically there are louder scripts that you have to follow. And then again, in like patriarchal societies, there the, the scripts are, I would say, even more singularly focused I mean, actually, we can like live outside of those scripts and be more expansive and and trying to create space for what is it what does it look like to not assume you're the only one living outside of a script um, to, to kind of press into what does it mean to be a woman? What does it mean to be a, a bold woman um, and kind of defy that 
again, defy that singular narrative of like, I have to be passive and calm and gentle in order to succeed. Yeah, I love that. Can I ask you, what were some of your scripts that you were given? And then when did you recognize that they were an adopted script? Yeah, it's a it's a great question. I would say where for me it feels a little bit complex. I would say I grew up I grew up in a household that I think had a a breadth of scripts and a and a breadth of abilities to like function in this world. I have a very like driven and focused mom who I think displayed an incredible amount of leadership and drive. You know, she she transitioned her career in her late 40s um, and is now like a phenomenal businesswoman. So on a familial point. I, I would say like, you know, it was very open. Who do you want to be? What do you want to do? Like very, very open. But I grew up in a more conservative context and then went to a conservative university where there was very limiting ideas of woman. Um, so like married young, um, had kids, kind of that's the ideal archetype. And, and I think there's like, there's biology to that. There's so many things that like explain that as a like amazing way to live. And I want to affirm for everybody listening, like, if that's your story, props to you. Um, but I think what women can then do is um, shame themselves and then shame each other if they have a different perspective. So if they want to be a businesswoman and a mom, or if they just want to be a businesswoman, and um, there's this kind of sense of like isolation and shame if your story doesn't follow this like very typical pattern of, you know, marriage, house, kids, <laughs> bigger house, more kids. Um, send them off to university, you know, there, there's more ways of, of being alive in this world. Um, and, and what are those? And, and then what is the process behind the women who have um, either done that or done different things and like really grappled with what it means to be them? Oh, and it's such a, like, what a cool thing to explore. You said something there about there's more to that with being alive and yeah. figuring that out rather than just giving the script we're given. I think as well, like, I don't know, it feels like we're in this space where people cannot handle another's opinion or perspective. Everyone's offended by someone else's life. Everyone's offended by someone else's thoughts and opinions because it's different to theirs. And that makes me sad Yeah, that, that we can't hold space for someone else's decisions, their, whatever they choose to do or however they choose to think, as long as it's, there's no harm, of course. Yeah. But it doesn't automatically mean, oh, well, that means I don't like you. Right. It's like we, can't, we, can't, um, we can't seem to pull it apart these days. It's one or the other. It's black or white. It's right or wrong. Definitely. It's left or and right. Then if, <laughs> right. And then if you're wrong, it's like, whoa, no, no, no. Like I told, I'm not your friend. I'd like, you know, we like really cut people off. And so I think the, the beauty of of what I'm trying to do and the conversations that I'm I'm able to have kind of around this topic is actually like regardless of your decisions and regardless of who you are I want to I want to hear your process and your story and then and then to the people who are listening like I think there's some elements of some of the conversations that are challenging based on their worldviews and that's kind of the whole point is like be challenged by other people's decisions and and ways of being like be awakened by the thing that makes you uncomfortable in in this story uh, because I think that's the point that like is like talk that itching like itching at something inside of you going like oh what, what why am I so uncomfortable by this topic or by this person's life so yeah I absolutely love that and let's um let's talk about women exploring this for themselves so mm -hmm. going hold on and we talk we we kind of explain it as in let's open the box we always say to women like we're just going to lift a little bit lift the lid sorry a little bit we just got to like peek out peek out because we all have this level of awareness you know mm -hmm. you were speaking about it like with where we grew up maybe the town we grew up the religion that we had the family that was exactly. formed the beliefs that you know got really passed down and we just went grab those without even knowing right yeah. and then sometimes it takes a shitty circumstance or sometimes it takes an inspiring person to go hey I'm just going to pop your bubble of awareness mm -hmm. and show you that there's these other ways and let's explore this for yourself, right? And I think with that, with the women that we work with, I think comes with that is being courageous in leading yourself. 
Yes. Because if you're just following a script, you're not necessarily leading your life, right? And it's okay. Like you said, it, it, it doesn't, like if you're in this space where you are so happy and you are so content and yeah. and it's like, oh, but I did tick all those boxes and it, this feels really great for me, then that's perfect. Yeah, we're Be so happy. Yeah, yeah be happy. Don't look outside for anything else. Don't look to anyone else. Like, mm-hmm. it's perfect. This message probably doesn't need to be for you. It's like, be happy. Yeah. But for yeah. those who go, oh, my God, I've just got this deep, deep feeling of, even like you said, why am I not taking up the space? Why mm-hmm. am I not stepping into what I can? Why am I not leading my own life? I just feel like I'm being pulled around by everyone else. Let's talk about leadership. I want to learn leadership from you because I sit across from you and I can actually feel leadership. Mm. I don't even know if that makes sense, but you carry something about you. And I love that. So tell me for you, Mm. um, I think, you know what, actually, how how can women step into self-leadership? Because what does that actually look like? I think often we're sitting and we're waiting for someone to anoint us with the rank and the role and the position. Because that's yeah. the script, right? That's the traditional path. Like you get promoted to that or you get told you're the leader of this or you need this rank and roll and whatever. And then it's like, oh, now I'm a leader. <laughs> that's bullshit. Um, <laughs> so what is it? What is it? Why is it so powerful to develop this within ourselves? It's a great question. Thank thank you for, for taking the time to ask questions around this. I think I think two things can be true. I think you can definitely... I mean, be anointed, I think is like, I do think that can happen in my, in my life. I would say my first like leadership role was at, I was 17 years old. I'm working on a cherry farm and I did get tapped on the shoulder of like, Hey, we need you to like step up essentially. And I was like, not ready. (laughs) I don't want to do this. (laughs) Please don't make me. I just want, I just want to pick some cherries, eat some on the side. Sorting cherries. So I just like, you just get to (laughs) have your like, you know, iPod with your like 11 songs and sort cherry. Oh. Yeah. <laughs> the iPod shuffle had a yeah, long time. And, and it's like, oh my gosh, I've just hit shuffle. What song out of the next like 11 that I have on here will come on? Exactly. Oh, and here we <laughs> Good are. times. 11 hours later, <laughs> I've listened to the song 80 times. Um, so, you know, there, there, for me, there has been multiple taps on the so shoulder. True. And I think, I think, are they tapping you on the shoulder because they already see something in you? Maybe. Um, or does that tap on the shoulder actually help you grow the skills? And I think a lot of, I think I, I would make a claim and it might be controversial that a lot of women don't actually get tapped on the shoulder to the degree that men do. So they're not actually getting the like external validation of like something in you as a leader. They do have to find it. I think that in, and then I think a lot of people do get tapped on the shoulder and anointed um, of all, of all genders um, who are not leaders at all. Um, again, harsh take but I would say a lot of them are like incompetent leaders who you know um, I don't know if we've ever seen a better example than (laughs) today yeah look at most politicians um we'll leave it we'll leave it there so yeah leave it there (laughs) um but yes so they're like incompetent leaders and you can obviously look at like what that means for the people that they're under or the nation states that they're leading um I think self-leadership is the ability to like I've like I already said like be really honest with yourself I think a lot of leaders mm-hmm. aren't honest with the businesses they're leading or the context they're in or themselves so what does it look like to be like scathingly honest um I would say a large part of self-leadership in my I would kind of change the word for this one and just say like you have to be your biggest coach um like what does it look like to actually coach yourself? Like, okay, what are your monthly goals? What are your, what are your weekly goals? What is the theme of this year? And then on a daily basis, like stop Kelly, stop comparing, like Kelly, live your life, Kelly, stay focused. Like I'm constantly, I'm kind of trying to mitigate that self chatter by coaching myself. And to the degree that I'm like, I don't think I know how much I really do it. I'll, I'll be like driving to work, be like, okay, you have what it takes to get through the day. Like you can do this. <laughs> you um, can do hard things, Kelly. Yeah, you can like, and like, you're like, I am so begged. I'm so tired, but I'm like, okay, this is in line with what you want your thirties to look like. Stay focused, like keep persisting. Um, so there, I think there's like that, that kind of self-coaching category under the leadership category. Um, I would say making hard decisions about your life 
Um, I would be a huge category for me on what it looks like to lead and, and lead yourself of like, what, what are my underlying values and what do I need the next decade of my life to look like? And then what am I willing to sacrifice in order to make that true? And then what decisions do I have to make to make all of those things true? Which I think is like so hard. I think we can like theorize about being the world's best leaders and then never make a single decision about anything. Um, which would lead me to probably my next and maybe last category, which is like to be super strategic, um, to go, what are the things that are going to, like for me, I'm very clear on my thirties. I'm midway through them, just turned 35 and had a little tiny crisis of like, oh my goodness, mid thirties. Um, but it creeps up quick, doesn't it? It's like, how did this get here? Honestly, it's like, I am, I mean, for me, I can catastrophize. So I go, I'm halfway to 70. Is my life what I want it to look like? I'm like, I I'm do, yes. <laughs> I'm, so I'm 35 as well right and I say to myself so you know when you know when your phone where the photos come up sorry this is like a side note here ladies but the memories come up one year ago my brain goes I've got like 50 of those timelines oh, left yeah. if I'm lucky which I actually think is a huge part of of being able to like live in the present is to think about your your like death and aging it's like okay and that is a it's an accountability mm -hmm. piece that makes you go, okay, it, when I'm 70, am I going to be okay with today? Um, it's actually one of the best things. What you've just said there, so true, because often I think we don't fast forward and look yeah. enough at what's ahead in our mm -hmm. life and when we're going to be 70, 80, 90 in that bed. And when we do and you zoom out to that future, I think that's one of the easiest, well, most helpful ways to then make the decisions. Because we get so caught up in, in the moment and in the muck and in the mess. And it's like, hold on, let me zoom out. Now what would she do? Totally. What makes sense? And it totally. just like oh, simplifies the process, doesn't it? Yeah. yeah. And, and I also think it can be like right now, I feel like I'm in a great place where I'm like focused and a lot of things make sense. And I know why I'm doing what I'm doing. And so I can have this like, you know, it, it is a, an, a great feeling of going like, okay, at 70, you know, if I stay on this path, I, I know where I'm going and it, and I'm, and I'm content with it. I've had other eras in my life, like a decade ago, where that same idea, like completely paralyzed me. Like, I'm like, oh my goodness, what am I doing? Like, I have no idea. Um, so I think I would just nuance in that, that I think there's, I think there are some eras where it's like more haunting than encouraging um, based on how clear you feel in your own life. Um, and then there's not enough space for those who like don't feel clear to be like, it takes, like for me, it's taken a decade to feel like I'm clear on my values and I'm really living into them. Um, it, it's not something overnight. It's not, it's not this like really quick fix. It's not like all of a sudden you wake up being like, okay, I'm my full self and I'm taking up space and I'm a bold woman. It's like, you know, millions of decisions, millions of decisions have led me to today. Um, micro decisions and actually now I can look at the future with fear sometimes but also with this like no I think I'm I think I'm living the life that I'm meant to live and I think I'm living with purpose yeah and I think oh, there's so much in that because we're either in this waiting game and and I think we this is where self-leadership comes in I remember uh when I was I was actually working with coaches it was one of my first gigs I was working with a business coaching company and I remember one of the coaches said at the front of the room, he's working with business owners, right? And there's nothing like leadership than owning your own business. Oh, yeah. You're responsible for, you know, really Everything. putting food on the table for other people, fulfilling the promise that you said, like solving problems in the world. Like there's a lot, especially small business because they wear so many hats. And he said these words and he said, no one's coming to save you. Yeah. And I think sometimes we need to hear this. And, you know, we did a masterclass a couple of weeks ago on, how the system is broken and will keep you broke in many ways, right? And it's the scripts. It's these prescribed paths that it's like, oh, my God, we need to get outside the box. Yeah. And there was some, you know, really uh, hard to hear for some women, for all of us, mm -hmm. like statistics that are reality. Like women 55 and over are the fastest growing demographic to be homeless. Wow. Because we got to 30, 40, 50, and we didn't work this shit out. Yeah, we didn't yeah. have these conversations. We yeah. didn't work out self leadership. We didn't work out self responsibility and go. Mm. Hold on, I need it. Like, where am I? Where am I going? And I think one thing that you have and you've shared it so well there is clarity, 
But clarity can come with time. And sometimes it's a small bit of clarity first. Like it's not clarity on the end thing yet. It's clarity on the first 10 to 15%. And then the next stuff unfolds. And then it unfolds. Because what I do now today, the 20-year-old me was not this virgin. You would laugh at her. Like you'd be like, (laughs) you can't do that. Yeah, like, wait a couple of years till your brain is fully developed. Exactly. <laughs> right there. Right. So there's all this stuff. And I just think, you know, I, as you're speaking, I'm thinking of women mm-hmm. also who are going through, oh, when life hits, you know, I was speaking with someone yesterday, a woman, and, you know, she's going through a divorce, which a lot of women are. Like, it, it's not like a rare thing. And, yeah. you know, <laughs> and, yeah. yeah two kids and divorce and and I think to your point is that it's not a one and done yeah because there's variables that will hit us that there's a muscle that we have to build and at some point I I just always think like I don't want to hit rock bottom before I self-lead yeah definitely I yeah I mean back to the back to the rescuing piece I think women have been so conditioned to wait to be rescued. Mm. And all you have to do is look at Disney. Um, and every yes, that Prince Charming. Prince Charming will, will come, come and save us. Totally. And I think, I think a lot of us probably wouldn't even recognize how deeply that narrative is entrenched in our psyche. To the extent often when I think people get like awakened to the effects of patriarchy. And I was talking about somebody with this about somebody on my podcast that actually women can women can then like basically turn and rescue each other and then still short circuit the need to like evolve and rescue yourself. And so there's all this conditioning that actually, I would say really inhibits growth and inhibits the like very difficult journey of, of kind of working yourself out of whatever you're in and toward who you want to be. But also I think the need for like community and in a business context partnership um, and and the people around you to like stand beside you and speak truth to you is so important. So we live in this like incredibly isolated world where we're still waiting to be rescued, but then without the skills to be able to like rescue ourselves and then without the community to actually just stand by, like just stand by me. I have what it takes, just stand by me and like tell me I'm gonna be okay. Don't do it for me. Um, so the the ability to kind of evolve as as a woman with these entrenched narratives, I think is actually like very difficult. Um, yeah. And then there's, there's a lot of, of there's a lot of unlearning and unscripting and un- <laughs> all of that to be done. Really, totally. that's the work, because I think you said it before, like a lot of this stuff, like there can be things where you're like, oh, well, that sounds simple. Oh, yeah, I'll do that process. And so it's simple in ex- explanation, but incredibly rare in execution because it's 100%. not easy to not at all. unscript. Yeah. Yes, and very write a new one and have brain and body cohesion go that like with it. Very difficult. Yeah. So t- I would say so tiring. Like it it should be in the same category as as going to the gym in as far as like eating well, getting good sleep, recovery. But we don't give it that kind of attention. We're just like, oh yeah, get a therapist and 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 props to therapists and they've played an amazing role in my life. But actually, there's like a full like you need a full coaching. <laughs> schedule and plan in order to actually grow in in this certain direction but it's in my opinion still not necessarily normalized it's very much like people find their way and then talk about their success stories later when they're like running fortune 500s oh when they're is it self-made yeah i'm I'm not a fan of the self-made yeah well well done (laughs) (laughs) i'm like that's a lie you you're not honest (laughs) Yeah, I would agree. I'm like, come on, no one's self-made. Well, I don't think so anyway. We all need some help. Definitely. Totally. Absolutely. And what does it look yeah. like to like and make that okay? Yes. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Yeah. Anybody who says I got here like all on my own, I'm like, great. Thank <laughs> you for thank you for telling us all that we all need a like extortion amount of help, but glad you did it. You're like, great. My podcast is booked for the next five years. So I just don't don't know. (laughs) And what's your take? Because I think like women in leadership, one for themselves, but then for others, like we are, ah, I just want to see that more and not from a, you know, 
there's all the masculine feminine like we all have those things to tap into it's not about being one or the other it's about being able to maneuver through both but I think women uh who are in leadership roles I mean I know why I think it's important what do you see about Mm -hmm. women's step or why do women need to more step into these leadership roles what difference have you seen it make in teams in communities in business in families even yeah I I mean, sometimes I wonder if it's like women's ability to to tolerate pain um, that make us more empathetic. Um, I, I, I mean, vast generalizations. And again, I like sometimes feel this need to over apologize. That might sound harsh, but I do think women are are um, more empathetic in the business context. They, I think, are a little bit more holistic. Um, and then I've often seen my experience has shown that I think women prioritize people and actually people are uh, businesses like main mechanism for for making money. Um, obviously, you know, you could say, oh, well, in a SaaS company, it's obviously the technology, blah, 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 blah. But actually, like a business is the people. Mm-hmm. Um, and and then I think what's been unfortunate is because of that, I think women are often put in roles like HR where HR gets this name for being like, you know, making sure everybody's okay. And it's actually like, no, they like people need to be so tended to in, in a business context, in a in a leadership context. So I I think they're they that women bring this. Um I, I would also say honesty. They they bring mm-hmm. I I've watched women in rooms be like, oh my goodness, can, can she say that? She said it. <laughs> where where I feel like you know, maybe it's women's like kind of more, and there's science around this, like women run in a pack. Um, they're better at a communal way of being that they're like willing to be honest for the sake of the whole versus some of, I mm, that makes so much of sense. some men in leadership, like it's kind of more about them vying for power than like all of the other tentacles around what's really going on. Um, so I would say, yeah, I obviously like massively dependent on personality on like who shows up in a leadership context and why, but I think women are needed for empathy, for holistic thinking, for prioritizing people. Um, and then like understanding the complexity of life, like life mm-hmm. is brutal. And, uh, you know, most, most of my male friends aren't going to understand really what it's required to to be a mother <laughs> obviously of like yeah. the total takes on just your body um so when women come back to work after after having a baby there's like more more to it so yeah i i think just like kind of fostering that complexity um in a in a leadership context does that make sense Oh, so much sense and so beautifully said. And I'm just, I'm thinking of the women, like if you're listening in, I just want to say, see, you're so needed. You're so needed. You're and so needed. Totally. And you're needed yeah. to be you. I think you're yeah. not needed to just have these like, you know, I would say Hollywood has done a terrible job of portraying like women in leadership as just like male versions, but in a woman's body of being like, you know, hard ass and mean and all of these things. Like, no, we need you to be fully you. Um, Obviously there's like some games you have to play and I'll be the first one to say like in a leadership context, you have to like be super strategic and and navigate very complex situations that you can't always be fully you, but like be you. Don't be this like ideal kind of male state of leadership else there's no point. Um, And you know what? I think that that's in you know, that's in leadership and it's also just in life. When Definitely. we go back to living life alive, yeah, it's like working out who who are you? That's, Definitely. It's deep work, but gosh, it's good work okay. <laughs> when you figure that stuff out because that's really what's needed. I love 100%. that. Um, I want to talk about the skill and I feel like you have this skill and I'm going to call it a skill of decision-making because the women that I work with, and even myself, like I'm sure we can all relate to this. And I'm not even a mum yet. So there's there's a level that I can't relate to for the women who I work with who are mums. And I'm like, ah, oh, that's a whole nother hat to wear. Mm-hmm. But we can get in this overwhelm. Like I think it's what's what is it? The average person makes like 35,000 decisions a day. How wild. Like decision fatigue is real. It happens. But you were saying something before, and I want to anchor back to that, of you've made a lot of micro decisions Mm -hmm. that have led to what might look like 
you know, the leap, the macro results, the, oh, well, now I'm here. Now I get it. Now I see it. And I just want to talk about this. How do we get off the overwhelm and confusion hamster wheel and get into decision-making? And how do we start that process? Where do you start when you're feeling this way? And we know we need to get to decision-making. And you know what? It's so funny because my partner says to me, like, I'm really terrible at making some decisions around, like, food or, like, what Netflix movie we'll watch. And he's like, when it comes to your business and this stuff, he's like, you just bang, you're on. You make decisions. And then when it comes to life and life admin, he's like, you're hopeless. I said, yeah, I don't know. I don't know. That's so interesting. I... So I think decision-making is one of life's most important skills slash, I would say, practices, um, because I think the like actual skill in decision-making is is very elusive. Like, I think a lot of people would make a very like, you know, I wouldn't be an expert in like the scientific way of making decisions because I think you would need like parabolas and odd, the odds of, and I'm like, no, no, no. My, my, my version, <laughs> the non-academic version, do you want to hear it? Or do you, were you hoping for something academic? No, I, ab- no, I'm not, I'm, no, I need to hear this side. <laughs> the so academic hard. stuff, it's cool. We back some stuff up with that, but yeah, let's go yeah. the real life tangible <laughs> experience. Yeah, we'll come back to that. So. so I would put, I would put life's decisions into like two big buckets first. The first ones I would do like decisions that matter and decisions that don't. So on the decisions that don't matter, and I would put like, you know, some people would have a, the Kardashians would really disagree with this, but like the the nail polish you choose, the clothes you wear to work, like the food you eat, I would like that kind of, those kind of peripheral decisions, I would say I've practiced making those not matter by like right sizing them. Like the color I paint my nails, I'm going to make a like 0.001 like person like decision second decision because I can take it off like I can I can just take that right off if I hate it and so I've actually like actively practiced making those decisions quickly because they don't matter and I think it's like really good to have that category of decision making that it's like doesn't matter which which direction I want to get to work four of them lead me to the same place doesn't matter going to take a different one every single day and so I think they're like for me I've really enjoyed gamifying those kind of little little decisions that don't matter and making them so fast and just make and seeing like everything turns out great you know definitely the red is clashing today with my like pink sweater <laughs> but you know what tomorrow's a new day and tomorrow I'll take off my nail polish or not wear my pink sweater um, see this is why I just wear like black white gray there you go well that's another decision you've made of like wear, wear neutral colors so the nail polish never clashes great great job on that decision um so that, that one I think is like tons of fun. And I think people should explore that. Like how fast can you make a decision that doesn't matter? Like, what do you want to eat for dinner on a menu? It's like, do you want the Caesar salad or the beet salad? Literally doesn't matter. How fast can you make it? Because it's quite fun. Um, you might regret it. Next time you go back to that place, get the opposite salad, like Bob's your uncle. So that part for me is fun. On the other side of things, on the like bigger decisions, and, and I don't want to sound... Um, like willy-nilly about it because I think decisions are super complex. There's two routes I've taken. Um, and the first one I think is like the most, um, I, I don't want to say the most beautiful, but for me, it's been really profound. I actually, it's going to sound so silly, but I learned this lesson when I was like 19 in between college and trying to figure out what I wanted to do for university. I was working on a farm. I was maintaining tractors with my dad, which is like a whole other story of itself. I'll leave it there. Um, but I had to go get parts in all of these like little cities throughout BC and chase down um, parts to tractors. And I went to this like tiny little specialty, specialty shop in Northern BC looking for this one part. And this interesting character behind the desk basically asked me what I was going to do with my life. And I was like, I have no idea. Like, I have no idea what I want to do. I have no idea who I want to be. I have no idea what I want to study. I was just at, in this like abyss of decision fatigue. Um, And he said, the best thing about a decision is you can make another one, but make your first one. And actually, once you've made a decision, you very quickly, you'll know whether it's like right or wrong and then just make the next decision. But what we do is basically like sit around and try to analyze, you know, 
what is this decision going to get me? Well, it could get me this, 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 or this. And all of a sudden you have this like massive decision tree that is not at all hedged in reality. But what, if you just make your first decision, then you like, okay, what I know from this decision is the truth. And from there I can make my next decision. But very rarely are people willing to just make that first decision. So it's like, okay, I was, I was coaching um, somebody through basically downsizing her business. And she had this intuition that I need to like, let go of my staff and I need to run a leaner business. I was like, let's do it. Let's move in that direction. It's going to be so difficult. It's going to be so hard. There's like lots of, I think there's lots of like ego around, not for her, but in general for like having staff, like great. What, but what does it look like to get more lean? Let's make that first decision. And then from that decision, we can like figure out all the other ones. Do we need automation? Do we need a personal assistant? Like what are the next decisions? But most people will wait in that middle land of like, what do I want to do with my business for years? Um, and by that time, in my opinion, like their business for another reason has died. But what you could have done is made the first decision. Um, so my way of making decisions is like, I'm not really sure. I'm not convinced. There's pros and cons to both. There's going to be like odds to both and signs to both. But I'm just going to make one. Like I'm just making one. Um, and, and from there I can make my next one, or I can make a decision that brings me back to the place where I can remake that same decision. Um, so it's, I've, I think it's like this process of really gamifying it and going like, make your first decision, um, literally sit down and make it on the more complex side. And I actually learned this through a, um, it was a 12 week program on to be a mother or not actually. And they decided they broke decision-making into desire and decision. So my desire is to fill in the blank, but I need to make a decision that is opposite of that. Or maybe your desire and your decision are linked. Like I want to travel the world. That is my desire. But my decision is to like create a home base for me in Vancouver. Um, so those two things are like right now, I would say not necessarily fully linked because I my desire is to like be a wayward soul. <laughs> but my decision is to actually like put in some roots. Um, so I think it's like a very interesting thing to be able to separate your desire from your decision and go like, no, they're actually separate, but I know why I'm doing it. And then to be able to like piece them back together when necessary. Or I think sometimes they perfectly align. My desire is to do this. And so therefore my decision is to this. And then I think, I think that's beautiful. Um, but I think a lot of life doesn't work that way. You know, my desire is to like paddleboard and never work. Um, my decision is to have a full-time job. <laughs> so, <laughs> yeah. So I think oh, it's, that's, it's yeah, I love everything that you just shared there. I think that that honestly, the, the clarity that comes from that, because even as I'm listening to you, I'm thinking, yeah, where it's most exhausting and painful is in the indecision. It's that's true. what's painful. That takes up our brain calories and everything, <laughs> right? It's in the indecision. It's in the like, oh, I'm, you know, one, one foot in, one foot out. Like that, it's just a painful place to be in the middle of and the decision. Totally. And I do really think you waste energy. I think it's, and, mm -hmm. and for some people, like for myself, I have practiced like really living into a decision, even if I haven't made it. And so I'll go like, okay, I'm going to imagine for the next week that this is the decision that I've made. And then at the end of the week, I'll basically analyze how I feel. Um, so it's really this like art of like painting a picture of the decision you've made of going, okay, I'm going to decide to this is not true, not on the record, but I, for a lot of people, I'm going to decide to quit my job and I decide to go out on my own and I'm going to decide to start my own business and I'm going to decide to be my basically a like CEO of my own company, like for a week, go with that decision and don't make, don't actually make the decision, but like imagine it. And I think at the end of a week, you can actually be like, oh no, I want the stability of my full-time job. You're great. You've just made a decision. Um, but I think what it looks like to actually practice that like okay I'm going to make a decision to like you know buy a house yeah what a cool practice I think like you said you're embodying a decision and that totally. way like you're getting in tune like hold on like let's just speed up the process like you said decision making that's 100%. such a cool practice I love yeah, that and then the opposite I often go like a week with the decision and the week with the opposite decision and often by the end literally half a month you can have been like no I'm so clear I know exactly what I want to do because I've like you know, I'll like go for an hour long walk with the decision made of like, okay, I'm doing this thing. And it's like, oh no, that's, that's actually not the direction I want to go. I don't want to like get into the real estate market right now because a whole bunch of reasons. So, but it's like, actually, yeah. 
I, I love that. I love that practice for, like you said, these high level kind of impact making life shifting decisions, Absolutely. like those big boys, the big boys, let's, you there know, practice those things, yeah, right? Totally. And then on the other side, because we can't stop the fact that we have, you know, as I say, 35,000 decisions, like we wake up and our brains make a decision. Should I press it or should I not? Yeah. <laughs> Instantly, it's like bang, there it yeah, is. Should I have a second coffee or should I not? Yeah, exactly. It's yeah. always on the go. And you know, your example of the nail polish, it's even whatever you know has to happen or unfolds the next day, make it easy for yourself. Have it done. Definitely. You know, rather than having to decide what you work, you know, you have to wear something like you said, different to work every single day. Have three outfits that you wear all the time every single week. Like yeah. just take the decision out. Yeah. So that you have more energy and capacity for the actual ones that matter. I would also though push back and say I think somebody some people should be practicing making those micro decisions because sometimes those micro decisions help you make the bigger decisions. Like if you aren't yeah, well, someone like knows what you it's want. It's the ability them. to make the small decisions, isn't it, that actually create the big results. So I guess it's the what you're deciding on that also exactly. matters, the building that muscle. Totally. And so if you're, if you're not able to make those small or big decisions, like literally start your week by painting your, like deciding what color you want your nails and, and have 11 options to make, like to actually practice the muscle in the same way yeah. that you're like doing squat, you're literally practicing. Okay. I have like a closet full of color. Which one do I want? Decide, actively decide. Yeah. And much. totally to gamify it. Like that, that's awesome. Okay. So ladies, when you go out to the restaurant this weekend, the appetizer, yeah. you know, if you want to be healthy, just choose one of the healthy ones. Totally. doesn't matter what but you yeah. have right and even that, like, see how quick right? like healthy yeah. or not healthy yes. first decision make it and then like literally pick the first thing in the first 10 seconds love that really the stakes are so very low just imagine how much further we could progress by practicing that literally and then and then like you know you get you get a salad you don't really like like ex tell me exactly what the problem is here like okay so you didn't like it <laughs> and, and I would say like in in my mind there are like very there is like three or four big decisions that have like more of an impact than that but most decisions are like boohoo to you like boo -hoo, boo -hoo. and most decisions we can handle it as totally. you said, no matter totally. what happens, you can always then make another decision. Awesome. But while we're sitting in this waiting game, waiting for the certainty, waiting Never for coming. the right answer, Never it's coming. all an illusion. Never coming. Yeah, I like that. I, I actually fully believe that you can only make decision in motion. So yeah. literally you can only make the next decision if you've already made one. So just make your first one. So I would yeah, say this, let's like, go. whether you're like, you know, trying to figure out what to study at university, like literally pick something that you think you want to do, show up and start. And you can actually change, like you can change your degree if you want to. There's like literally very few decisions that you can't make another decision to like get on the course you want to get on. But what you can't do is change that course if you're not even moving. So exactly. Oh, I love That's it. Fun. I love this chat. This has been awesome so chatting with you and just so many um, practices and ways of thinking that I know is, well, I know it's helped me. So thank you. And I'm sure has helped the women listening in. Uh, what are you working on right now? I want to know what's exciting you. Is there a story of a bold woman that you've been chatting to that we need to hear or tell me what's going on in your life? I mean, you know, I've been working on so many things. Um, one, I, my, my full-time job, I work in land regeneration. So helping restore land through consulting and training. Um, so that's like a big, big nice. vision that I get to be a part of that is like very motivating and fueling. Um, I would say uh, I, the other, I mean, my podcast is a massive one. It is such an incredible way to stay focused on the thing that I would say I'm most passionate about, which is empowering women um, to be boldly themselves, um, which again, I think takes decades. Um, and the other thing that I, passion project, I was part of a marketing and brand battle and the, the conversation was around isolation and loneliness. And you basically had to like come up with an idea I was on a table with a group of people and our idea won. Um, so we are, we started a nonprofit. Uh, the goal is to encourage spontaneous connection um, in Vancouver, which is known for being a very like cold and fairly um, quiet, cliquey city. And um, we're basically started this initiative to create more 
connection and spon spontaneous conversation um, through the color yellow, which is my favorite color. So a little bias there, but where there are yellow spaces, basically stop and chat um, with the goal of creating a mindset shift. With that, I've been blown away by um, the power of volunteers, by people wanting to be a part of something and contributing their time and energy to, to making a vision come alive. Um, so that that one has been so inspiring for me. I've been, mm. I think I can sometimes like think quite low in general of humanity. Sometimes I'm like, really guys? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, we're, we're here again? Like, this is all we have, like another war? Like, God. <laughs> really still like we have no better ways of solving this <laughs> um, so I feel like incredibly like there's like a redemptive story for me and in, in seeing the power of volunteers um and then I would say my problem my, my like favorite one is some of the both business and coaching I do on the side um which is like purely helping women make the decisions they need to either in a business context or in a personal context um, by coming alongside them, asking them really key questions, and then helping them make the next best decision, essentially. Um, so that one is is just like the like I I love seeing um, kind of women find their path and find their way. Uh, so yeah. all all of those things have created a very a very beautiful and full life that I'm like yeah this is what I've I've been spending a decade working at all these things and they've kind of all just come together in this phenomenal way. Oh, so so cool to see. I love that. I love that. And I can see your face. The ladies can't see your face, but I see your face as you speak of these things and you're lit up by it. And that's a beautiful thing. I love that. Uh, where can where can the ladies go follow you and tune in? Uh, they can follow me on, the main place right now is Instagram, uh, at Kelly Rose Lamb. I um, also have a newsletter for my podcast through Substack. Um, same there at Kelly Rose Lamb. Um, and then my podcast, if you want to subscribe and follow, I'm on all the major podcast platforms or my site, www.boldpodcast.co. Um, so those are the, the main places. Amazing. You're just awesome. Thank you so much for your time. It was so good to connect. And thank you for uh, sharing just all your goodness with us. Oh, my goodness. My, my pleasure. Thank you for your phenomenal questions and for your care. I really appreciate it. Thank you so much for tuning in. If you love this episode, it would mean the world to us if you shared it with others. Until next time, drink the wine, have a laugh, learn the thing, do the thing, and be the woman you know you are. Make sure to stay connected and let's keep the conversations going. Cheers.